Welcome to another episode of Classic Talks, where we subscribe to a next play mentality, engaging in crucial conversations, challenging each other to take our very next step, sharing common knowledge to improve commonwealth, becoming a clearer version of ourselves so that we can embrace growth. We must accept the process so we can appreciate the outcome, one conversation at a time. I am Dr. Classic. Let's talk about it. And today I'm talking with Joanna Brooks, owner of Embody Yoga. And what I'm hearing, newly elected or appointed president of Embody Yoga for All Incorporated. What's happening, Miss Joanna? Hey, Kenya. Thank you for <laughs> having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I agree. I woke up today excited. I jumped up like, okay, let me get my life together. I got to talk to Joanna. You see, I sent my text like, okay, just confirming. <laughs> I want this talk because, because what we're talking about is what I, what I've been talking about all day, every day. The, what's the state yes. of our culture, this environment, this, this world, like what's going on? It's the best conversation for us to be having right now. I think, you know, considering everything that's happened, um, since, since COVID-19, pretty much, I think our awareness has been like acutely focused on race and race relations in this country. So this conversation right now, it's no better time to have it. No better time. And I, you know what, I'm, I'm going to say it and I mean it with all conviction. If, if every person that was, that's alive, still alive, went through this pandemic, doesn't come out of this a little better, a little more knowledgeable, um, you know, shame on us if we don't take the time to, to get involved and ask questions and have conversations because it's a lot of stuff happening, man. There are so many, anytime you look up or every time I look up, there's some new headliner that's just like, let me look in and learn a little bit more about something, especially around, I mean, Black Lives Matter campaign now, uh, Breonna Taylor say her name, this information has been over everywhere the voting right now we've had some of the most mm -hmm. impactful conversations around what it means to vote this election like yes. everything has been a big deal in 2020 and you know for me i always speak through the lens of being a yoga teacher yep. and a yoga practitioner so uh -huh. when i think about this this six or seven months that we had if you if there has been no growth in your life, that means you did not take a prime opportunity to engage in self-reflection. Self-reflection is, I think, critical mm -hmm. to personal growth and development. Yep. And we were in a unique position because we were forced to like cancel plans and stay at home to really sit back and reflect and think not only about what was happening, you know, in that moment in our country, yeah. but also what was happening within ourselves. So if someone was not able to take the time to self-reflect and then grow as a result, they missed out on an amazing opportunity, in my opinion. I agree. I agree with that. And and I'm mindful. I know a lot of people I have to always humble myself and say there were 90 million billion different lenses on what really occurred in 2020, depending on what yeah. seat you you took or what seat you're on the ride on. Um, you've seen it differently. And I know there are some people that, you know, were at this misfortune, but there are a lot of folks that can come out of this in the beginning of some of their success stories. Um, a friend of mine, we, we joked about a lot of new way, new age millionaires 
are going to say it all started 2020 like there there this was time that I was able to sit still with myself with my thoughts with my understanding figure out if I really like me as a person really when it gets down to the weed of it like what am I doing day in and day out uh the world stopped and paused and allowed me to get get an understanding and I'm just hoping people really took a, a moment to see how can they be impactful in this time and age how can they think uncommonly and get uncommon results yeah, let's hope let's hope that that was the case for most people. You know, I think there's a lot of creativity and genius um, that should be coming out of this experience. Um, but we have to wait, you know, and look for the manifestation of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I One thing I want to jump into and just as black women, I want to start here. Uh, okay. But being a black woman and really having to me myself uh, somewhat of an uncommon route around what it really truly means to live in some of these labels but a black woman to me really does fit the bill and and I hate to repeat it or say it out loud because I don't want another person to hear it but they really are one of the most unprotected they are the most unprotected class of people uh, in the in this world and Mm -hmm. with the the outcome of the Breonna Taylor case uh it just how do you not be angry as a black woman how do you impact or empower another black woman like how, what's what else is left to do after you get kind of deflated off of really just inhumanity I just think that the, it was a slap in the face we should never even took it to trial if it was gonna end up so harshly like everybody around them was important enough to give them this this lowball charge but not even her life was was a value what do you think about that it's infuriating yeah yeah but at the same time and i know you know this sounds cliche and we've seen it and heard it you know in response to you know the result of the grand jury it was to be expected also yeah unfortunately yeah you know like we've seen this time and time again and you know the honest fact is i think that most people were expecting the outcome to be exactly as it was and so when you think about that it makes me think about this post that i saw on social media um and it asked the question what happens when black people become so used to and desensitized to there being no no consequences no ramifications when black lives are lost like what happens what does that do to a community and and good question and and we should we should pause on that too like what does happen when we continue to it's almost like we're defining continuing that programming of sorts like I, I do believe that we've been programmed as a people to look at things a certain way see things a certain way uh, the grand jury's decision and, and to be very clear means no one is criminally charged for killing Brianna Taylor at home in her bed sleep like there was yeah. there's no mistake about it I want people to know that that was the overall outcome no one will be charged for her death her her death just happened and I feel like that's a lot of how uh, black lives are are being handled like oh it just it's another thing that just happens is normalized I, I, I sent over a quick uh, TED talk uh, the guy Mike in, that, in, a, in the video he refers to himself or at least in the TED talk as a white Mike um, mm-hmm. we are we are to a place where it's normalized I didn't realize until I watched his TED talk that I really can't find any other like any other race that is 
more demoralized like the black race but in a way that we are okay with it where it's normalized yeah. yeah yeah um you you grow up being fed this information about yourself yes. right from the media and when you look around you because of systemic racism right a, a lot of these things that we are told are true about ourselves um, it becomes to a certain extent like a self-fulfilling prophecy because of system, yeah. systemic racism. So I want to be clear that I don't see this as being the the fault of black people. Mm-hmm. Like there are other factors at play here. But when you put a group of people in close proximity and then remove any type of opportunities, right? And you get them to the point where their back is against the wall then bad things will happen. That's not specific to black people. Right. That's specific to mankind. Right, right. You know, but to my po- the point I'm trying to make is that, so when you see these images and you get this message in the media that there's something inherently wrong with black people, that they're inherently violent, and then you look around yourself and you see that confirmed then what are you supposed to believe and how are you supposed to feel about yourself and how are you supposed to feel about um, your people as a whole? Yeah. And I think that, so why I'm so angry. And when you said, you know, you are infuriated, like it's because you don't really see the whole or the way out. Like you want to get enough people to have enough understanding and really value their own lives. Like when my biggest message to people is you have a story to tell a valuable story to tell and you have to live like your life has value you have to make sure people handle you accordingly um i watched something and kamala harris uh she talked a lot a lot about us understanding the difference between equality and equity And, and i don't think we really truly get the point like equality is everybody gets the same thing but we didn't really all start at the same place so we we really are looking for equity let's start giving back to people who had a less of an opportunity, less of income, because when you are poor, you're poor in everything. You're poor in education, you're poor in food, you're poor in finances, you're poor. So yeah. equality is nice, but that's thinking that we had the same starting line. I need equity to ch- take away some of these limitations that they've put on us. If we don't change bottom lines on, on black and white papers and how businesses are able to conduct business and who can stand in certain offices, we will never get to a place where there is equity or equality on either side of the line. Yeah. And, you know, Kenya, we have a long way to go. A long, a way. long way to go, you know, as a country. But, you know, um, getting back to your original question, you know, and, and the quote um, that I believe the Malcolm X quote about black women being the most unprotected, you know, um, category or group of, of people in this country, probably in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it makes me think about something that we saw in the media and on social media recently. Right. So Tory Lanez and Meg the Stallion. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just as backstory, um, it was alleged that Tory Lanez shot Meg the Stallion in both feet as a result of some type of verbal altercation that they had, the specifics of which we don't really know, right? Right. Um, and Meg the Stallion in response went on Instagram, Instagram Live, um, because she reached her breaking point. She was tired of people from his camp um, trying to lie and paint her in a bad light. 
And so she um, went to Instagram Live and, you know, said, hey, this is what happened. And in fact, even after you did this to me, you caused me harm. My first reaction was to attempt to protect you. When the police arrived on the scene, I lied. I attempted to protect you because I know what position we as black people are in in this country. Mm -hmm. And in response, he released a whole album talking about everything that happened, insisting that it was all a lie, insinuating that she never even really got shot in her feet because how could you miss tendon and bone if you shot somebody in the feet mm -hmm. and it's just ridiculous and so it it makes me think while there's so much work i think that needs to be done between like black and white communities there's a lot of work that needs to happen within the black community especially to like heal relationships between um black men and women yeah i mean you make a valid point we we want to yes we started behind the curve and a lot of this was inherited upon us and and how we move but if we want people to treat us differently we have to start with self i 110 percent agree that for every situation uh there's a finger pointing back us like what about you know what i mean like what about what's happening with how we treat black women there shouldn't be music that that talks about you know what you're gonna do to our black women because that that's there there shouldn't be you know retaliation from black women to men to say what we're we gonna do with them and how much of a man they really not like it it's one of those things where if we are going to be okay with marketing it for everyone and be okay with standing behind it and how we handle ourselves it does become hard to change an, a nation it, it, it's, it was already hard to change a race because we've now mm -hmm. believed and started to act in some of these these measures that's been placed upon our, our understanding and belief and how do you climb out of that that is where my frustration is is like where do you start and I'm okay with changing one heart. I'm okay with changing one mind. I know that that's valuable. I've seen that that happens uh, across my conversations. I've th seen that that happens across time I've, I've, I've invested. But like, I want to make a huge impact. And really, how do I get people to point first to them and say, what about me needs to move forward and, and be a part of a, a change? How do I mobilize with somebody and get connected and impact more people? What, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to be clear, this isn't a conversation um, based in respectability politics, right? We're not talking about the work that we need to do in the black community so that we can be more palatable or more um, appealing oh, to yeah. white people, right? Yeah. Like, I don't care what white people think about black people. Um, this is more for ourselves, right? We need to do this for us and we need to do this for our children, too. Um, and, you know, I think it's important to say, too, that the state that we're in right now, and I think we can all agree that um, like the black family structure mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. relationships are are in a bad spot. Yeah. And I think that's relatively new. You know, we have and I don't know, maybe that's not true. Maybe I need to pause on that for a moment. But in my heart, I feel like us um, as black people being in this space, mm -hmm. that this is um, relatively new and not something that's been, um, you know, a stable part of how, you know, black men and women relate to each other. Okay. 
Okay. Do you agree with that? So I and when you say rel- relatively new, I think let me tell you what I think we're both we're you're trying to say in my mind. I feel like it's coming to us real time, quick and fast now. Like we have so many avenues to see it pop up and start to uh, interact with the perception and the concept of what that is. That's why it feels like it's a newer thing that we're starting to have to focus on. It's a newer thing that's being put in our way, you know, quick, fast and in a hurry. And I just think it's because we've changed the way that we communicate and connect. You got everything in your threads, the trending topics. If you didn't see it on Instagram, you see it on Twitter. If you didn't see it on Twitter, you see it on Facebook. If you didn't catch it on CNN, catch it on, you know what I mean? Like it's so many outlets that's now giving it to you. That's another reason why this this movement, this Black Lives Campaign movement is catching so much response this time around we are able to not we are able to see it it's not just you know it's not just one knee in the neck in this one town that these people were able to look at it or it's not just one man being shot in the back at the lake and you know a couple you know dozen people were able to witness it now we are letting the world see that it it happens all the time and this is a part of that programming so there these black dysfunctional families black dysfunctional men and not you know running from away from responsibility and wanting to take shortcuts and do things illegally we we just see it everywhere we see it all day mm-hmm. and that was one of the reasons why and i asked you before we started talking about this cuties on on netflix and i believe it was um made to be pulled down if i'm not mistaken uh sexualizing 11 year old girls in a co- this is netflix everybody on netflix everybody at home this is what we want people to watch and this is okay and this passes through policies and boards and governing boards to to educate people on it's just a it's a one of those places where we need to we need to turn around and not necessarily go back to where we used to be but we're heading in the wrong direction at least make a pivot (laughs) exit stage left exit stage right somewhere (laughs) like let's get over it Mm -hmm. uh change is needed changes needed and, you know, not to glorify the past, right? So this makes me think of some other um, uh, conversations that I've been seeing on social media, especially around, like, um, you know, Cardi and Meg Thee Stallion's WAP mm-hmm. um, and the video. And, um, you know, comparing women of modern day to, like, our grandmothers and great-grandmothers. And people were pointing out, you know, like, well, I mean, yo grandma and your great-grandmother were getting cheated on too like your grandfather had whole like side families right right, you know and so um you know going back to you know what we were talking about um in reference to you know the black community and relationships between black men and women um and not just to focus on the romantic aspects of that um, because there was certainly nonsense happening, you know, right, back then, right. just as it is now. But I think um, we, you know, as a people had a more united front yeah. back then than what we have now. So and that, that's that's valuable. Sometimes I think we are we have gotten to a lower place of not wanting to connect and empower one another. Like it's easier to judge. It's easier to um, not let somebody in and, you know, win when you win. Like everybody has to be, like I agree with you. I do think that when I do hear about, when we study it from a place or we hear about it in our grandparents, like, listen, if you were a kid and you got in trouble, you probably got it from the mother that seen you get in trouble. You, you They didn't talk about it on the way down the street. So you didn't got a whooping before you got home and your, and your mom got you. Like we have to be in a place where we do 
take care of each other. Now we get to a place where it's more about me. It's the individual. We're going further away from being connected and, and being better at it together. Yeah, and I think part of that is influenced by and fueled by social media, which is what you were referencing before. Yeah. Right. Like social media, you know, is um, responsible for, you know, bringing more things to the forefront. Like it's this constant feed of information and images. Right. That um, make it impossible for you to say that something doesn't exist. Right. Like so in the Mm -hmm. case of like um, George Floyd and seeing that video um, replaying like on a loop of, you know, that that murderous uh, ex-police officer kneeling on his neck. You, you yeah. can't you can't run away from that. You can't ignore that. Yeah. Right. So social media um, definitely plays a role. And I think you were um, headed towards, you know, in saying that, talking about the impact that social media is having on young people, too. And, you know, the images that they see and um, the encourage, you know, hypersexuality and things like that through social media too so i'm in agreement there's some some changes that need to happen like i'm not sure how you feel joanna but like you really me personally i need to know myself when i'm in the weeds of social media because if you are not sure what side of the fence you stand on what you believe in uh things that are you know priorities that you take serious in life social media will have you conform to things that you don't even understand the the backdrop of it memes will make you change your mind and decisions when really we need to stop pausing and take a look for ourselves we've been fed the wrong story our whole lives how much longer do you want to just go off the first story you see i want to start to open this up to conversation and get understandings from both sides of the fence like i and at a time like this i enjoy talking to white friends because Mm -hmm. i want to know what convers and they tell me sometimes you know like i'm not gonna be naive and think that i hear all the conversations the way they really came out but i know when we're having a real conversation to say we have talked about this at our dinner table we think or when i'm here this is the pulse because they're honest with each other that you know they talk to each other about how they feel and for me to hear it right now and for me to see is there change happening in their conversation is this just a you know hopefully the election hurry up comes over this all blows off we get out the house and we move on and get back to the next waiting for the next big big thing to blow up in america um it's it's real life that that social media can be a place where if you don't understand that this is not about you know conforming to a situation but you are trying to transform into something that you are okay with something that if you're scrolling you can add to the conversation in a way that's meaningful you can take value out of things that you're seeing and take truth out of them because one one thing i know for sure is that I know that I've been fed the wrong story the majority of my life. And now that I'm able to seek and find truth, that's where it feels good. And even, even if I don't have the 100% truth, I know that there's a balance and I don't have to go off with the f- first thing I've been fed. I, I now can turn it around and say, this is how I can use this to be impactful and valuable. Because every weapon formed against me, listen, it's going somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you really have to be grounded in who you are when it comes to using social media. And I'm going to try not to be long-winded here, but I remember a time um, years ago when I was probably fresh out of undergrad and I had um, restarted a Facebook account that I had years before and... um, at that point in my life, it was difficult for me to scroll through, right? And, 
and look at all of these updates for people. And, and we all know that for a lot of people, social media is where they share the highlights of their life, right? The mm -hmm. positive things that happen. And so it can give the impression that everybody else's life is going so great and everybody else is advancing in major ways. Um, and it'll leave you feeling like you aren't because you live with the reality of the positives and the negatives of your day and of your life. Mm -hmm. And science has shown that human beings have a tendency to focus on the negative in their lives. So if you are kind of wired or, you know, just through behavior, have trained yourself to focus on the ne negatives in your own life and then you get on. Um, this medium that shows you the positives going on in everybody else's life, mm -hmm. that's going to have some type of emotional impact. Yeah. Um, and we, we found that to be true. Studies have shown that, you know, some people experience higher levels of anxiety and depression as a result of participation on social media. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you, taking it out of the conversation about like, psychology and you know all of those things you really have to be grounded in who you are when you're on social media so that you're not easily persuaded by what other people have to say yeah and i, and I don't want to get too far away from from it either that, but you make a really good point like there's a lot of trauma that's unaddressed and, and trauma when you like when you don't pay attention to it to the point of how is this really impacting you? Sometimes the depressed the depression that we're seeing, the, the rays of anxiety, the trauma that we're seeing in life is really just us not addressing it in, in the sense of there was a thought that you had and you got that thought and it gave you a feeling. And from that feeling, you had a reaction, right? If we can get to a place where we understand more about who we are, we understand our thoughts and how they, you know, impact us, how they affect us, then we can control the next two factors that happen after that, including our feelings. What's real? We, we are an emotional, reactive people. And when we are in a place where we can't think logically, where we can't dissect feeling from fact, man, you'll get into a very dark place. You'll get into a place where mm -hmm. you think that everything is about you. You think that everything that's going on is said to, you know, come to destroy and kill you. And yeah. really, it's mm -hmm. not that a lot of people are going through the same things you're going through. They have the same struggles. And, and a lot of it, it lies in fear. Fear has has taken away more opportunities than failure has ever had a chance to. And, and we get into those places when we don't address that trauma and I, so I just want to make sure I mention that because you're on a very valid place and saying if you don't know yourself you need to get to know yourself that's the beginning of you becoming who you're really supposed to be can yell and it's so funny because we just getting started in this conversation but I think that last statement that you just made brings this part of the conversation full circle we started mm -hmm. out um, talking, you know, to a certain extent about self-reflection, -re the ability to engage in self-reflection, mm -hmm. right? We talked about that when we talked about, you know, uh, during, you know, the pandemic, when things were shut down, that was a prime opportunity to engage in self-reflection, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. right? Yep. Uh, um, and to encourage your own creativity and genius. Yep. If you do not have the ability to engage in self-reflection, or if you run from opportunities to engage in self-reflection, then you leave yourself ungrounded, unprotected, and open to all of the negative forces that exist outside and around yourself. Yeah. That, and, and, and so even just that part, 
we have to know all of that going into understanding how to <laughs> how to just really cope with things like it, it's it's it gives me perspective i don't know how you uh grew up but i i changed how i started to you know parent and you know like you want to get them to a place where conversations start really really early and young in the home for you to really have a handle on it and if we talk about equity have some really good starting spot when you come out into adulthood we got to start pouring into some of the change we want to see we got to start with us we we do have to value our lives we do have to value ourselves i was having a conversation um we about investment like you get to a place where you have to start investing in yourself there is there's everything that's free ain't great like everything can't be free sometimes and and not that you got to invest millions but what i'm saying is your time it doesn't have to be a dollar amount of a resource but you have to sacrifice something for you to see a a better a better different or understanding that this is not the world that we should be living in and how can i get myself to a place where i can impact the world Mm -hmm. we have to invest in ourselves each other invest in our communities yeah. You know, you know what I'm about to bring up too. And when you think about investing in our communities and ourselves, I know that you had it. A you had look, you had it. A I'm so excited about. <laughs> I'm so excited about getting it out. I'm gonna skip over nine words. What you want to talk about with Freedom Georgia? I know, that, I know, we queued it up before. I'm trying to get there. You had it a, a something to say about Freedom Georgia, investing in our communities and ourselves. How do you feel about that? Yeah, so Freedom Georgia, I, um, you know, had to do a little research. I saw some information floating around on uh, Facebook about it um, and found a video. And I love the concept of Freedom Georgia, which is, um, I think it was a group of like 19 families that bought maybe nine acres of land. I thought it was 90 Um, or something. We'll figure it out. Okay. Yep. Some some amount of land. Uh Yeah, a large amount of land. Um, like two hours south of Atlanta. Um, and their plan is to develop their own city, um, primarily, I think, majority black, mm-hmm. but um, very pro-black also. Mm-hmm. And so especially considering everything that's happening now and people um, becoming more aware and awakening to racial injustice in this country mm-hmm. it's the feel-good story that we think we need right now yeah, yeah. Um, but i think the other part of it is that we shouldn't assume that that will save us okay. that that self-segregation will save us um and I, and i know on the surface that sounds like a controversial statement I am all for black spaces. I own a yoga studio that was created specifically for people of color, black people specifically. Mm -hmm. So I'm um, not in this sense, anti self segregation for communities of color that have been traumatized in this country. But if we look at um, freedom, Georgia as um, the model for what will save us and improve our quality of life in this country, I think we'll be um, disappointed. And largely because I think we need to talk about capitalism Mm -hmm. and the impact that capitalism has had on the African-American community um, and how it has had a relatively equal hand 
along with racism um, and put in black people at the bottom of the barrel, so to speak. And so my thought is with Freedom Georgia or um, any other community in the United States, if you don't find, I believe, an alternative to um, a capitalist political economy, then you run the risk of seeing the same injustices, the same level of unrest, the same level of trauma, um, just directed towards different groups. With capitalism, there will always be an underdog. Right now, um, because of capitalism, people of color, poor people, which tend to be one and the same, we are the underdog, so to speak. Okay. And I, I'm with you. I So I couldn't wait. I wanted to know what you meant. I know you, you were like, okay, I, I'll save it for the talk. <laughs> but <laughs> when we think about it, so when we think about capitalism, if we break it down into a simple term, an economic system in which private individuals or a business uh, own capital goods. So I'm with you on the fact that I think this, is, this concept and them taking this initiative is teaching the concept that we can kind of do it on our own. And, and I looked it up. They brought 96.71 acres of land. And uh-huh. if we can get to a place now with this, the, with this initiative and we really reach out and we start to connect more black owners, we start to connect more black businesses and we're going to get into, you know, what we think about being black owned and what we think about investing in black owned. But if they can come to a place where they have a model and just like the Marines say, any plan uh, once met with the opposition, you change the plan, not to say that there won't be changes, but I think this is a possible, this is a possible dream. This is a possible new look on life and and it makes other black people see black people doing this it makes other black communities and brown families see that it is possible to govern yourselves we can act accordingly that's getting back to uh where we we have to start with ourselves this is a simple concept that we just have to see black families thrive and it doesn't have to look a certain way i'm so sick of uh people not being able to understand that we're talking through labels like a black family doesn't mean all the time that there's a black father in the family because if it's yeah. destructive i don't want a black father in the family what is best yeah. for the children how do they understand that you know they don't have to be with somebody that may not be good for me but at the same time understand that there are ways to be governed accordingly and it's not based off of how you look it's not based off of your skin but it's based off the fact that we have morals we have values we have principles and purposes and we can work together and create something that's good for you and create wealth We can create wealth in a place where it's uncommon. We can create wealth in a place where you understand how do you continue to do it for your family. That's what I feel like the hope and the the, the dream behind the Freedom Georgia Project initiative is. Well, yeah, and I mean, I'm with you on that. Like, I love the concept of it, but let's think about um, Black Wall Street. Yep, in Tulsa, yep. Oklahoma, right? So yep. so that that was the example, right? And I'm sure, you know, um And they were commercially a, successful. Well, Black Wall Street yeah, was one. Oh, okay. Absolutely, absolutely. But also, you know, when I think about one thing that uh, that kind of bothers me that I see in our community right now is um 
there are some of us who want to force the separation between us and those members of our community that we see as being uncivilized or mm. poor or uneducated or other or less than us, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and we laugh about this in the black community. We say, oh, your cousins, you better go get your cousins. And I think we all know or, or develop an image in our mind when we hear the word cousins used in, in that sense. We have an image of exactly the type of person that 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 term is referencing right right and so already you have and i shouldn't say already because this has been the case um this was going on during the civil rights movement and before that where you see uh within that african-american community we have started to like um like stratify and and develop like separate classes right there are some black people who think they are better than other black folks and to me that's just ludicrous because at the end of the day in the united states of america uh for the average white person if you black you black right right Right. you're like they won't necessarily make those distinctions so making the distinction within our race is ridiculous and so going back to this idea of capitalism if the if freedom georgia um is is it buys into the idea of capitalism and that's their primary like political economy you will see what's happening now in the african-american community i believe just happen on a larger scale and i think we need to you know to take into consideration the fact that although this would you know ideally be a majority or all black city, it's still housed in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. So it'll still have some of those influences. So I just, you know, I guess my hope for it um, is that you kind of, you know, as you talk about King Yale, thinking outside of the box, right? It doesn't have to be the way, a certain way or the way we know it to be, or it doesn't have to, things don't have to work the way they've always worked as we've known it in this country. I think um, we have to do away with capitalism um, for for black people to truly be free, mm-hmm. even in their own city. Yeah, you you I mean you bring up a good point. I I am I am hopeful, at, even in a place or a climate where we we are angry, where we are looking for what's I mean we holding our breaths to see what the next worst thing that can happen to one of us uh, is. Um, there is a lot of good good going on right now and there are a lot of conversations that are being had that wouldn't have been had and i want to bring up some of the the black lives you know matter campaigning especially around sports so a place where we know that sports get to multiple seats they get to multiple homes and dining room tables big parties all across the world you know the finals are coming i mean the the, yeah the finals are coming up and you know lakers made it and every time you turn on the game there the black lives matter is in the middle of the floor there are names on the back of say her name uh, different phrases uh you know respect us all different kind of things on the back of jerseys my my one my one win with sports returning and I felt really connected to this was those soccer win for the U S open, um, young, uh, don't get it to, you know, don't get it twisted. Brown community. Father was black. Uh, I think Haiti or Haitian or something like that. If I got it wrong, I apologize. Um, she were a different name, every meet. 
So every meet, she has a different mm-hmm. name of a black person who's fallen to some type of what we're calling injustice, uh, t- mm-hmm. you know, to their demise. And she was asked a question by one of the probably commentators just asked her, you know, what, what were you trying to accomplish? What were you trying to accomplish for wearing the names across your, your mask? And she said, uh, I really should be asking you, you know, what, what did you think I accomplished? What I was looking for was just to start the conversation. I wanted people to be able to talk about it and ask what was it that I was doing, you know, basically. And she got, she got that campaigning. They had black uh, and brown, you know, cut out cardboards of who were the fans at the u.s open where you know the empty seats of course but the cutouts were all you know, of people of color and she got into seats i know the u.s open made it to places that it would have that conversation probably wouldn't have come up they can turn off their mm-hmm. tvs and watch the right news stations and go to the right country clubs where it, it wouldn't matter so i'm just excited that that sports took a stance because it's no longer okay to be quiet it's no longer okay for people not to know where you stand i want to know my enemies i want to know my friends you know like you want to know those people and when I say enemies I want to know the people that are on the other side of the fence that I'm going to have to play a different card with you I'm going to have to have a, a different conversation with you and I'm going to have to make sure I understand you know how we should be handled in our communications um, so I'm just happy about what sports are doing and getting the recognition in homes that may have never been reached mm-hmm. and I, I think it's so dope uh, what the NBA has been doing too you know, like on their jerseys. I know some of the players, they can elect to have like their last name on a jersey or they can, um, you know, elect to have a, a particular like what some may deem political statement. So Black Lives Matter or education reform. You know, it's been interesting to see that or to even see, I believe, like the Black Lives Matter, which is painted on the floor. And so, you know, in the NBA where I believe, you know, like Black men are overrepresented in that particular league. Um, I think it's a really powerful statement for them to now feel empowered enough, you know, to to step up and speak out and to even say, oh, we're not playing today. We're not playing today because there's conversations that need to be had. Um, I think it's powerful. And I think it's powerful to watch people kind of like um, realize the power that they have and then walk into that too. Yeah. Yeah. The the one thing that I will say is I've been proud of a lot of our athletes who are now starting to use their platforms a little differently. Sometimes we get quiet on situations that we really need a voice. We really need something to be moving. There are people that are working really hard. They don't have the same followers. They don't have the same, you know, masses of people. And if you had and and I'm not saying if you don't have a stance on it to talk up because we just said that, you don't know where you stand before you are, you you get in a conversation or getting a conversation open to learn where you stand. Um, But when you have the platform and you had, you feel in a kind of way, let people know how you feel more, the more, people know that there are humanistic pieces that connect us that you know emotions that combine us and and people that we can be connected to we start to move a little differently it's different than just chanting black lives matter for three months and move on with your day versus it has to matter when you are subjected to some kind of subtle racism in your conversation in your movement in in your workplace like it has to matter when you see a kid who's given up on a concept of them being great is not possibility like it would be to a, a counterpart that doesn't look like them or really 
really just understanding that the value is you, you are the beholder of that. You have mm-hmm. to make sure that people understand that there is a value when they see you. And if they don't act or treat you accordingly, then you have a choice to move forward and, and make sure that that's known with the next relationship that you build. So I'm, I'm just excited about that part of the learning because I feel like if that doesn't happen if those conversations don't happen not much can change after a while everything grows old or there's some big new entanglement that gets into the world now it's you know Tory Langs and Meg you know and I listened to the album I wasn't supposed to because I was mad at you, <laughs> I, I, was, I mad. was shocked <laughs> I was just like, let me see what he say because everybody kept saying he this this. I'm like, did he really go in there and do this to this girl? So I'm believing her at first. I ain't gonna lie. You know, like she crying on this show. Something happened. Like I understand men ego. I have a lot of male friends. I have a lot of female friends. Like we just, we act a certain way when we feel like we test it. So I'm like, this all makes sense. This dude wrote a CD in one month. It had to be one month. It just happened. So what he but it was crazy. So I'm and I'm and I'm not giving saying that he guilty, she get listen, not not my business in general, but I did listen to it and it was one of those things where the talent and power that went into that that C D, like how could we have addressed the situation in a way that both Tori and Meg, depending on what the real situation was, could have been empowered versus tore down or not, because that was that it's realistic to what we're going through. It's what we talking about every day. And it's about, you know, us empowering each other at the same time that people are getting entertainment off of this. These are views and likes and whoever his publicist is, is a genius because everybody wants to listen to it because it gained so much traction. I don't know. I'm sorry. If you disappointed in me, I'm sorry. I did listen I'm, to it. I, I was so, listen. I did. Some complete nonsense, right? Think about, so... And, you know, we already touched on them and I almost don't even want to say his name to, you know, even add to the conversation around him and the seeming support for him right now. But, you know, Meg Thee Stallion has had to like literally prove that she was harmed by him. Right. So that goes back to this, the question of why, um, why is it so hard for people and black men specifically to believe black women? Yeah. You know, yeah. And why is it so hard for them to step up and protect um, and speak on the behalf of black women when we aren't in a position to advocate and step up and speak for ourselves? So for him to come out with this CD and, you know, really use an opportunity, a, a traumatic situation for someone else to to make a profit was ridiculous but to do it in the wake of getting the 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 decision from the grand jury um regarding uh brianna taylor's case it was almost like a double slap in the face and then i don't know if you saw this foolishness king yell um but i saw today that he tried to justify it or he came out and said that a portion of the proceeds from his album will be dedicated towards something related to Brianna Taylor. Oh, really? I didn't, uh, I didn't hear that at all. And I'm like, yeah, uh, like this is some bullshit. Yeah. So I, and I'm not giving myself any kind of, <laughs> I'm not giving myself no excuse. I really did go listen to it to see like, <laughs> did this do 
like how did you respond to this girl hurt is what i was trying to think like did you even care and obviously we know what the outcome was of that but it's one of those things where this is a powerful weight and viewing of people who are like are we gonna keep getting it wrong like why do we have to keep getting it wrong it's just it's it's it's, are we human like i if that is the case where tory lanes is saying the proceed of this is going to like man back back like we don't need them (laughs) proceeds we ain't looking for that like you need to do what everybody wants you to do if it's the case and just say you know you 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 were wrong like i apologize i got it wrong and what you know what happens to your reputation and your music after that is what happens you made a decision um but it's 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 just hard in itself like people these are regular people that happen to be famous because we have to get Mm -hmm. out of the world of oh they're famous like it it can't happen to them no they're regular people that have things going on they have a bigger you know audience watching and when that happens we still have to give people the freedom to be themselves but at the same time we have to give each other the our individual freedom to say when we got something wrong if we can start seeing people say that especially in the climate that we're in with black lives matter if we can start getting people to say we got it wrong, it it makes the conversation that much easier, which makes the actions to follow that much easier. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Don't don't be disappointed. I, I thought I went there for a purpose <laughs> and I was I was sadly disappointed. And I know lie the seat, the way he mastered the CD was all, like the songs are great. They mm-hmm. are is piss poor that if you know, if this if this happened, if you did this, that you wanted to swing back in this kind of power because he you're right. I don't. I, I'm sure he went platinum. I think he went platinum already on this CD, if I'm not really? mistaken, on one wow. of his songs. Excuse me, one of his songs, if I'm not mistaken. And we thought it would turn everybody away, but it really just got the traction that I'm sure he was looking for. So, and you know, I'm all for for you know people having second chances, but after they've had the time to reflect, yeah, um, and it maybe admit that they were wrong and try to to repair, whether you know re- repair with the person that they harmed or doing some internal work so that they can be a better person so that they don't harm someone in a similar way in the future. So like Chris Brown, for example, um, disclaimer, I am so against any type of um, domestic, intimate partner violence or abuse to make that clear. But I think that there <laughs> disclaimer, have been... Disclaimer, you, you listen to the CD too, huh? No. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm just playing. No. <laughs> but I think I think there's something to say for somebody who who there's been some time that has passed uh-huh. and they've been publicly apologetic. Yeah, yeah. Um and 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 even though they may continue to struggle with things and you know they have like demons that they're fighting. Yeah. For them to acknowledge that and continually struggle to try to become better. Chris Brown has a long way to go. I'm not trying to uh, present him as an angel. We know that he's um, engaged in some foolishness over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. But the point that I'm trying to make is there's been some space between, um, you know, the the incident of, you know, domestic abuse, uh, him hitting Rihanna or beating Mm -hmm. Rihanna, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and then the Tory Lanes, like this just happened, like what two months ago. Yeah. yeah. So you haven't given it any time. You haven't given it much time. You there's self reflection is a process, right? That takes yeah. longer than two months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And, and at what point? I mean, I didn't listen to it. I heard some some uh, snippets on 
um, the shade room. But at, at, at what point, like, did you even apologize? Yeah, and the, the one thing, too, that I want to point out to you, because I always fall victim to this, and I think you and I both have, because we've had really good conversations with each other about falling mm-hmm. victim to the fact that we think somebody is doing something like self-reflecting. Or, or like, mm-hmm. he put in one of his songs, he said specifically, you know, I'm looking at memes every day about my real-life situation, and y'all, you know, making a fool of me. Like, sometimes you can't get to a quiet, private space. I don't know if he turned off social media and prayed for 20 one days through a fast and got to a place where he can get to say sorry and we think that and we're like how could he come out two two months later and be no i mean i think that he sat probably in a uh, effed up place and when he thought of how to get back it didn't come from a place of being like you know what really am i taking ownership on that accountability is huge one thing i wanted to talk about on this show was you know what are people focused on because what they focus on is the lens in which they make their decisions whether it be Mm -hmm. business credit education we have a lot of people that are doing great things with their healthcare journeys but when it, it turns out to be something negative and bad like this what's at the center of your focus what are you really giving your time and reflecting upon yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you you make a good point. Um, he was coming from a place where, uh, from a a place of like hurt and embarrassment. You know, yeah, his this pride is trauma was hurt. for him. This is trauma for him too. I even uh, though and, he, you know, <laughs> we're not trying to make him the victim. No, he ain't no victim. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we might not have known what he think he was going through. He needs to address this because trauma don't mean victim. Trauma mean, listen, your mind went, your body, your physical went through something that you got to address and get through to be better and probably get that apology. Most people are looking for, including Magda Stallion. Yeah. I think what you're saying is the, the, the response that CD, that album Mm -hmm. was exactly what we could have expected considering that it's only been two months and it's like a reflection that somebody can engage in. You know, yeah, you the smarter one. You the smarter mm. one. Yep, you said no, no, it. Like, no. yep, you it's, said it's it better. You. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Them three sentences ago was that part. Right. So, I'm thinking. So it's been a good conversation thus far, and uh, you know, I re- already talked about it. Could be a part two. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I do want to give some space to, uh, and I and I owe it to you. I owe it to just you being a guest and being honored that you spent some time with me today. One is, you know, Joanna Brooks and Body Yoga. We talked about it being a platform for black people to get involved in yoga. Uh, Your listener, your people who are following your movements, your, you know, your yoga for all and Body Yoga for all. What's the message for them? What's the message for anybody listening today about, you know, Joanna, about state of the culture? What is it? Yeah, so it's not about me. But Mm -hmm. um, when you asked me this question, what was it last week? You yep, know, yep. Um, as we were, you know, kind of talking through um, some things, the a lot of times I get ideas and they come to me either in images or phrases. And one phrase that came to me almost immediately is that we can be more like we yeah, can be more. Yep, That's yep. it. Like we, um, you know, everybody may not, you know, share this particular view that I have. But I think there was a time when we when we were more when we were better off when we were more united you know not to say that there weren't problems then um but i think you know somewhere along the line and and not not our fault right but we've kind of like lost our way Mm -hmm. and I, i want us to um to be able to see ourselves clearly again 
I think about one of my favorite lines in um, the Black Panther. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Rest but, in peace. Um, there was a line, I believe, where, you know, his mother, Angela Bassett, you know, kind of confronted him um, and said something along the lines of, like, remember who you are. And I remember when I saw that scene in the movie, like I started crying and I don't consider myself to be like super emotional or mm -hmm. soft, but that made me cry. Um, and because the whole time I was watching the movie, I was thinking about black people and the state of black culture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I want us to remember who we are, to see ourselves clearly and to remember that we can be more. Okay. That's fair. And, and I love it. Uh, Joanna, owner of Embodied Yoga, located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, ju uh, just a good friend, man. And I let me piggyback off of that and, and put it towards our audience call because we can be more. We are looking for an audience on pod, on this Classic Talks podcast that really has dreams. They have ambition and they have ownership of their own existence and value of their own life. And, and when they pass the cross to somebody else or interact with somebody else or make a play for someone else, including themselves, when I think about this, um, that they just they understand that they can be more. They can be what they want to be. And, and it's a big deal. We have to understand that it can be cliche, but the prerequisite to understanding how you exists in this current realm is about who you were you know where you come from how you want to make a difference how you want to change the trajectory of where you're trying to go um have some value and stake in your lives black lives black lives do matter i want you to hear this loud and clear on the state of the culture podcast started excuse me state of the culture episode um that regardless of what the environment is there see yourself in it in a way that you are doing some good things to to impact it and even if you are angry even if you are inferior to some of the things that are going on um how can you be deliberate about make having a reaction because you you own it a hundred percent you own your reactions a hundred percent and get involved get involved in those conversations get involved in the commitments and concernings that you as whether you want to be a business owner as a leader uh you authentically voice vision and provision over people to to be them best be their best selves so yes we've had an opportunity to talk about we can be more the state of the culture about giving room uh for yourself to allow your dreams to come true you owe it to yourself so ask yourself what's the very next play you can make until next time i'm talking with joanna brooks from embodied yoga i am dr classics and this is classic talks let's talk about it <laughs>